This is 101.5 UMFM, a previously recorded version of Broken Headphones, the podcast of Studio 393. This was an interview recorded with Charlie Feta, taken from mid-2019. Getting back into the archives as we slowly get ready to release some new podcasts for you and yours. Check out Fed on the Steven Tyler projects, Steven Tyler 1 and Steven Tyler 2 with BBS Steve. Please sit back and listen, wash your hands, keep yourself safe. We all love you. What's happening, everyone? My name is Kenneth Castillo, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Broken Headphones Podcast on UMFM 101.5, brought to you by Studio 393. Today on the show, me and our other amazing hosts, Sapphire McLeod, interviewed legendary MC, Mr. Tyler Rogers, a.k.a. Charlie Feta. Charlie Feta has had a long track record in the hip-hop scene in Winnipeg, being once a member of groups like Winnipeg's Most, Winnipeg's Boys, and is now part of Fourth Quarter Records as a solo artist. We talked to Feta about his long career in this game and how he keeps on going. Is like, how would you describe your writing process? So you're talking about idea, pen, paper. Like. Uh, man, you know what? It's really weird. Um, I usually... I usually, like... It's weird. I write I write in like bursts. So I'll go like I'll go like months. Like I'm I'm kind of in a low right now. I'm kind of in like a, a dry a dry season if you will right now. Um I don't know. I, I think I, I I use life like as cliche as that is, but like I I gotta live before I can write because I was in this habit of writing bars every day, like I gotta sharpen the sword, gotta sharpen the sword. But there was no real substance behind it. So I kind of stopped forcing it and I think because I would have answered this question differently probably five years ago but now at this point in my life in this stage of my career I would definitely say that I I honestly just live and you know because of the people that I hang out with and because of the life that I live in my past I always have something to write about (laughs) there's always something going on that you can you can draw inspiration from um but I also like I'll I'll jot down quick ideas, maybe not even bars or not even lines, but if something strikes me, um, I'll usually write like a, a quick little sentence about it or even a paragraph sometimes, and then I, I come back to those ideas a lot, and then I kind of break them down after I've had a little bit of time to sit with it. But yeah, life, like I don't, it's hard for me, like I can write on topics if you really want me to, mm. um, but when I'm writing a record or I'm, or I'm doing something for myself that I'm really taking my time on, um, yeah, I just kind of let life do it. I, I, I really don't have like this this thing and also I, I really need like uh, quiet like when I'm writing I need to be like alone I don't really work well when I'm at like you know I'm not at the studio with like 10 dudes like when I was in Winnipeg's most that's how it was there was always like 10 15 people around so I mean you know you you worked with what you had right but um, now that I now that I'm solo and that I really like to just kind of be in the studio with like an engineer and the producer and you know one of my homies or whatever whoever's there but I I'm pretty much like a small circle and just kind of like I need to feel 
I need to feel really comfortable before I start letting loose. Um, which is strange because I used to freestyle. I used to just like, I used to go to everywhere and like want to battle everybody and just wanted to flex my, flex my muscle. But now I think I, I want to be a little bit more like premeditated and I want to be a little bit more thought out and I want my, my music and, and my records and anything that I put out to have a, a, a fair amount of like substance behind it. So. So just going off of what you just said, it was like, when do you think that like evolution took place in your career where you went from being like super, super, super in the moment to like adding that, that layer of being thought out, adding out like kind of like a plan or a concept or being more methodical with your writing? I think it was just like getting older, like maturing, like as a, like as a man, like as a human, I feel like that was probably, you know, I think I realized that there was a lot of music. I think it was probably at the point where there was, you know, I'm I'm really proud of of, of everything that I've done. You know what I mean? Like it, it's it, it inspired people, um, and paid my bills for a lot of years. So I don't I don't regret anything that I've put out in that sense. But there are songs that I wish I would have taken a little bit more time with. There are songs that I wish I would have passed on. There are verses out there that I'm kind of like, eh, you know, I could have done without that one. Um, I think it was just a natural, yeah, I think it was just like a maturing of like being a human and like I became a father, um, uh, my boy's six and a half. So, you know, like that, that was like taking that time off. I, I just completely disconnected from music fully for like a year and a half. Cause I, I wasn't trying to be like, no, like halfway dad, you know what I mean? I wanted to like be there for like his steps, his words, all that stuff. Like those, those, those milestones are like really, really important. And, um, you know, I know. I came up with a lot of people that had children young and for whatever reason they, they missed those moments. And so when my son was born, I was like, I'm not going to miss that. And music can take, uh, you know, music can take a sidestep to that. Like, I think it was also too, when that, when, when you, when you have a child, you automatically go from first to second and probably worse. Like you're probably like third or fourth now. Right. Cause you got to take care of his mom. You like, there's people you just have to take care of and not really in a monetary sense, even that too. But, just as like a as a support and as and, and as a as a solid foundation for that, so I I would say probably around that point, like probably about six and a half years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Once yeah. again, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Broken Pod Broken Headphones Podcast on Studio Three Nine Three. We're here with Charlie Feta. Yeah, uh, Charlie, uh, you mentioned that you were a part of Winnipeg's Most before. Yep. I know you've been a part of Winnipeg Boys as well and other yep. groups. Um, is there anything you miss about being a part of a group? Uh, rather than being solo i miss winnipeg's most was a whirlwind like we, we recorded the first record in my living room um and then we didn't hear it for like three months and then stomp sent it back to us and he had the whole plan like we i i had no idea that, that like you know i was i was still in the street you know what i mean i was fresh out on parole you know what i mean like i was living with conditions so it was just it was almost something to do that was like i can do this and not get into trouble cool let's do that um, so when we took off, I miss all of that. Like it was a whirlwind, man. I went from doing nothing to like, I was catching four flights a week. We were getting hella money to do shows. Um, you know, the attention is nice, especially when you're at that age. Like it, it, it warped me a little bit, like looking back on it. Uh, but the one thing I do miss is the excitement, the excitement of being on the road, always seeing new places, meeting new people. Uh, that was something that I, I really, really appreciate about that situation, um, it's, it's something that I was really lucky to do. And a lot of people, um, aren't able to experience things like that at the time. I was like, 
I wasn't caring. Right? I was I was hungover every day. I was partying. It was it was it was a whirlwind. But like when you look back on it, I'm just like really grateful that I was able to see the country, meet the people that I meet, um, and. I have lasting relationships from that time still. There's still people that I met, you know, 10 years ago that I, I still consider really close friends. So that's probably what I miss the most. And, and I mean, the big shows, I mean, like, I can remember playing the MTS Center or doing, like, Aboriginal Day Live, and there was, like, 10, 12,000 people there. And that's a rush. It's, like, a certain kind of, like, it's like a drug. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's like a, it's like a serious, um, it's really crazy when you put that kind of energy out and you get it back. Like, you know what I mean? Like, when, when I was coming up, and we, we did shows to nobody, too. You know what I mean? We did 100 shows before I ever got paid for one. But you still give that same energy to the, no matter how big the crowd is. But it's like when the crowd is that big and you get that, like, reciprocated in that way, it's like, it, when you get off stage, you're like, you know what I mean? Like, that's I feel like that's probably why a lot of musicians actually probably go hit the bottle or, or, or do whatever because it's like this crazy, like, trying to come down from that is like, it's intense. You know, I wish I would have been a little bit more prepared <laughs> for that. <laughs> I wish somebody would have told me what to do with that kind of energy. <laughs> well, okay, so what, what would you tell someone to be prepared then? I would just tell them to st step back and breathe. Like, you don't have to. I, I, I get this a lot. Like, I'm, I'm blessed that, you know, I still have as much influence or connections or whatever. You know, I'm, people still come to me and ask me certain things. Um, and I always just tell people, man, I ain't your dad. I ain't trying to tell you the rules. You know, it's not my it's not my job to do that, but I will tell you from my experience, I wish I would have taken a step back, used a little bit more of my patience. But I was it's hard to tell a young person, okay? That's like, you know, 18 to 23 that's living their dream and then once they start seeing success, you can't really tell them anything because they're doing they're living their dream. So I try to be very careful whenever I'm whenever someone tries to like maybe seek advice or even if I'm in a situation where I feel like I should give some advice, I'm very, I, I pick my moments and I don't try to like be like, oh, you shouldn't be doing that. Or you, I don't even do, you should do this instead of that. I'm just like, yo man, like, like in however way it comes out in that situation, I'm always like, chill, enjoy it, enjoy that moment. Because I think when you have a little bit of time, even just like a, a moment, even a couple minutes to like reflect and kind of come down a little bit, the next thing that comes up, I think you'll approach it with a little bit more, you know, um, less like, you know what, I'm, 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 a, I'm a, like a, I'm an aggressive person, but I'm only aggressive for like five minutes. And then once I let that out, I'm good. So it's like, let that out how you got to let it out and then don't let it continue. Like chill, because you, you're going to do the next move anyway. It's just like... I would tell somebody just relax, live it, enjoy it, but but really make sure you experience it and all aspects of it because it was really bad for my mental health putting all that aside and um you know when you're when you're experiencing success and even if you're not, even if you're just putting all of your time into your dream, other things in your life are going to fall to the wayside and that's fine. You know, relationships, I always bug out. Like, when people, like, that are, like, young and finding success, they get into a crazy relationship right away. And it's good to have relationships. But, I mean, like, they're, like, living together and they're trying to share bills. And I'm like, yo, you trying to go to... L like, I hear people being like, oh, we're moving in. And I'm like, all right, that's cool. And then the next sentence, he's like, yeah, I'm going to L.A. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, that doesn't work. I'm like, that won't work. It just won't work. And you'll feel bad because you're going to hurt somebody. And you're going to hurt yourself the most, right? So it's just like, I tell people just enjoy it. Live it. And don't don't get too caught up. And don't believe in your own hype. You know what I mean? I, I, dude, man, I had a serious ego check 
a few times and I'm grateful for them. I'm grateful for every time my ego got checked because I'm way more humble now and I'm still not that humble. But <laughs> imagine if I never got my ego checked, man. My head wouldn't fit through the door. <laughs> um, moving on to some uh, more recent stuff, Feta. Uh, you recently put out the record. Uh, I did three last year. I did uh, Steven Tyler. I did uh, Belly of the Beast. And I did... Fettuccine Fair. <laughs> yeah, I did three last year. Yeah, it was a busy year. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you um you work with different producers when you when you yeah. put on those records. Um, That's the way I work now. Okay. You always pick different producers. I didn't always like. Well, actually, kind of yeah, because even my first one was the Manitoba Massacre, and that was all boogie except for like one. But I think it might have been all boogie. I'd have to go back and look, but I'm pretty sure it's all boogie, and I think maybe there's a cut down on there. Um, but yeah, that's the way I do it. I catch a vibe and I, I, I feel like because I'm lucky, I'm lucky because when I like the producers that I work with, they'll, they'll kind of like, they'll tailor those beats to me. They know that I want like, you know, they're not trying to give me no like jumpy trap. They, and it's just like, I'm down with it now. Like now, if someone gave me a trap style beat or whatever, I'd, I'd mess with it as long as the drums are nice and I got the vibe, you know, like, um, I just like working with one producer at a time. Um, I think, especially with Steve, like him and I just like, when we locked in, we locked in. And there was like, we made like 15 songs. And then we're doing Steve and Tyler too and we're at like 14 songs. And with Cut Down, like Belly of the Beast with me and Bubs was, that project only ended up being like six and I think it was 13. But it didn't, we did that a long time ago. Like that project was probably about two years old. So, but it, both, him and I had verses that we kind of were like, uh, you know, and, and, and cut down had other people that were kind of like really messing with those beats. So it was kind of like, okay, you know, pass on them and let somebody else kind of like bring something fresh to it. But that's the way I work now. And that's why I like, I think that's why I work the way I work now in, in kind of like a smaller circle. Um, because I like to lock in with one producer. I'm not that dude that's like on Instagram being like, yo, send me beats, you know, da, 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 da. And, 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 I feel bad because I do get beats from people and they'll just send me like one or two and then it's weird I might write a song to it and then I kind of forget about it because it's just not I don't have anything to follow it up with with Steve it was like we made you know three really kind of boom bap you know air quotes uh, boom bap style and then it was Steve was like nah man enough of this like you need something like this and, and Cut Down does the same thing and, and Boogie does the same thing and Crab Skull like Crab Skull I knew what Crab Skull was going to be that was going to be grimy those records are dragged across the driveway before he samples them, you know what I mean? So I think that's just like, it kind of goes back tying into what you asked me earlier, but when I matured, I think that's about the same time that I realized that I really liked working like that. And I just feel like it's, you feel really accomplished too when you start something like that with somebody and you finish a whole entire project with one producer. You know, I'm, I'm a big fan of like uh, Freddie Gibbs and Madlib, you know, uh, Pinata and Bandana, like classics. You know, so I just feel like I've, I'm getting older and I kind of like the way that I'm I'm aging. Plus, I did that face app thing today and I look pretty good. <laughs> 50 years from now, baby, I look like Santa Claus, dog. <laughs> <laughs> I look good, man. I'll check it out. All right, let's see, let's see. Oh, man, just check me out, dog. Oh, you do look like I'm Santa out here. Claus. I'm out here looking All like Santa Claus, jolly. you know let's what I mean? Go. Right? Catch me down your chimney in 50 years, dog. <laughs> It does look kind of scary though too. You know, it's kind of you know what like really bugs I, me out is like how accurate those lines in my face are. Like if I just seen you, in my, <laughs> if I just seen you in my living room like that, <laughs> I don't know, man. You're like I don't want those I gifts. 
<laughs> I want those gifts, man. Oh, yeah, that's what my buddy said. He's like, wow. He's like, that's that probably happen. what you're going to look like. And I'm like, word, man. I should, like, print it out and put it in one of those, like, what are they called? Like a time? You know, you, time like, capsule. do them at school time, time capsule. capsule. I should just, like, roll it up and put it in, like, a safety deposit box. And, like, 50 years from now, like. Put your tapes in there, too. But you know what was crazy when I did tapes? There was a young, like, your guy's age. And the guy's like, holy smokes. He's like. My grandma used to have a bunch of these, and I was like, <laughs> and then some dude, another dude bought it, and he's like, ah, oh, I don't have a tape player, and I was like, yeah, nobody does, <laughs> and then his next question was like, so why'd you make tapes, and I'm like, I don't know, like, there was no, there was absolutely no point to it, other than, like, the nostalgia for me, you know what I mean, I, and I just, like, I think a tape looks really cool, and I'm really a fan of physical media, I can't stand, like, I, I stream everything. Who doesn't, right? Everybody's got Spotify or Apple Music or whatever. Um, but I like physical. I like. I still like. I used to like buy CDs and like open the booklet and smell like, like the the bind. And that bind is it's like if you ever buy a new book and you open the book, like if you go to chapters and just open up one and smell it. That's what they smell like. And it's something like fresh ink and like I don't know, man. You could read the credits and I was nerded like that. Right. That's what I like too. You're like, oh, I think it's over. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and we, we because we're not like balling, we had to buy tapes that like weren't exactly the right the right size, so there's a little bit of like <laughs> like blank space on one and I remember Crab Skull being like, "Do you want to leave 3 minutes on A side or 3 minutes on B side?" And I was like, "What kind of phone call is this? I don't know. You pick." <laughs> like, what a weird choice to make. I don't care. Like, you know, I was like, "Put the longer one on A, I guess. I don't know." That's so sick. Like it, it seems like you're very like um experience driven. You saying I'm old? No, 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 no. no. Uh, that is not what I meant. I just mean it seems like you like you really enjoy like being present in a moment, or like even just the tangible things. That's know? that's le that's learned. Like mm -hmm. that's 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 kind of like back why I don't to go back to that thing. I don't. That's why I don't try to tell people what to do, um, because this behavior that I'm now, you know, this attitude that I'm blessed to have now, which I'm still consistently working on, uh, was learned because of all of the the pitfalls and all of the mistakes and all the L's I took. Um, you know, one thing I will say is if anybody finds any success and it, and it leads to monetary gain, uh, either put it in the bank or buy a house or buy your mama house mm -hmm. and don't, don't get caught in the trappings of like, you know, I know it's whatever, like, I'm not going to be that old guy. Don't buy any gold, but like, don't like where mm -hmm. gold appreciates. So mm -hmm. that's kind of, you can do that, but I don't know. Just like, uh, that's allowed me to be very present is because I kind of like, like I said, when I sat back for a year and a half and didn't go to a studio, didn't talk to anybody in music, really like nobody. Um, I, it just like reflected. I was like, Oh man, like all this other life was going on the whole time that I was on tour or that I was in the studio or that I was driven. So now I just try to like find a better balance and try to like make sure that I live. And I'm not like, I love music. It's, it's always going to be like a huge, part of my life and when I'm not doing music I am a different person and I'm not as happy um but when I'm only doing music and I don't get to spend time with my son or as much time as I want to or my family um I'm I'm, I'm low I, I I my, my creativity f starts fading like when I was on tour for that month I mean I made an Instagram post about it before I left but just like it was just weird being away um and not 
being like my son recharges me my mom recharges me you know what i mean like i lost my dad a few years ago and it was weird because i was never really one that was really that tight with my parents really like i was like they're my parents but Mm -hmm. like i was never like you know they'd be like hey we're going to the cabin you want to come and i'm like nah i'm still in this i'm just chilling the city with my friends you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. it was just i was never that attached which is looking back now i have a lot of regrets about that but i use that now to make sure that I'm never like that with my son and that my son, I'm, I'm hopefully I'm cool enough that he always wants to hang out with me. Hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. But yeah, no, it's just being present is really, really important. And in, in, in any, like, in any sort of life you're trying to live is like be present within the moment because I find when people, especially with like Instagram and all that stuff, my favorite thing is when I, when you see people posting all that stuff and then I saw a meme, it's like, yo, people ain't posting their failures. People ain't, people aren't posting when they, it doesn't go right. You know what I mean? And there's all that learning to do in that time, you know? So, yeah, if you're listening, do that. Okay, cool. Lessons from Uncle. I was going to ask, like, how do you balance <laughs> lessons from Uncle? You could do, like, your own podcast segment, like, lessons we, from we, Uncle. We, we have one. Oh, <laughs> we have one. It's called Now You Know. Okay, dope. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to ask, like, how do you then balance, like, your family life and your music life now? Uh, River just comes first. River, um, anything to do with river could be hockey practice, could be soccer practice, could be swimming lessons. Doesn't matter. Um, I work my schedule around that, and um, I'm blessed to have his mother is 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 a, is a wonderful, wonderful human, and she's an educator herself. Um, so she's very like organized, which I am not. So um, everything's kind of like. I know everything in advance, so it allows me um, to kind of plan everything else around that, and that's 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 just it. If anything would have happened on tour with my family, I would have been back. Like, I don't care. Like, I care, but I don't care. Like, at that point, I just don't, you know, there's no there's no turning. Like, you can't turn. I could, could never turn my back on my, on my family for anything. Like, I remember, like, even on the last show, I canceled the show because it was like there was going to be, like, four more days off before the next la- the last show, and I was in Kelowna. And I just I just called my uh, I called Anthony Carvello, uh, who manages me too, and I just said, "Yo, I'm canceling this show. I got to get home." And it was like four hours back west, and I was like, "Man, if I leave now, I can be back tomorrow." And that's what I did. I legit drank seven Red Bulls and drove from Kelowna to Winnipeg in one shot. I only stopped for gas to use the bathroom, and like I think I ate like maybe like twelve McDoubles. Wasn't the healthiest oh, trip. <laughs> it was like over like twenty hours though, but it was crazy. Like I was like, like there was a point where I was like, should I drink this last Red Bull or should I pull over for a nap? And I was like in Saskatchewan, and I was like, man, I can do it. <laughs> so I just like pounded the biggest Red Bull that you could buy from the gas station and just like hammered down. Not not a safe thing. Wouldn't recommend it. But it was daylight. If it was nighttime, I would have pulled over. But that that just like that's how dedicated I was to get home. I just I felt like that balance was really off. You know what I mean? Like you're on tour and you know it's gonna you know that teeter totter is gonna lean way towards music. But I think it got to that breaking point where I was like really like I was like, I need to see my son, I need to see his mom, I need to see my mom, I need to see my friends, I need to see the coffee shop, I need to do things to bring me back to home. Cause home is always like, you know. Yeah, I love. I used to love saying like, "Oh, home is where you where you hang your hat," and I'm like, "No, no, no! I know where home is. <laughs> home is in the north side of Winnipeg, man. <laughs> Take me back there, please." 
right now <laughs> right now come on red bulls yeah let's I, do this honestly if i didn't borrow like i i was a buddy borrowed me his truck for the trip because my my car i got into an accident so i didn't have a car if i had like i had a rental i would have left it at the airport and i would have hopped on a plane and been back in like three hours but whatever once again ladies and gentlemen broken podcast studio 393 broken headphones podcast are your headphones broken, broken? headphones broken headphones <laughs> i think my brain's broken <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so, man. <laughs> Broken Headphones Podcast. There you go. At Studio 393, we have Charlie Feta. Uh, Charlie, a couple more questions for you. Yep. Um, yeah, I wanted to get in with the 3 Gary. <laughs> uh, yeah, just wondering, what's your involvement with this uh, cool shop uh, in the exchange? Uh, and i just been hanging out there for like six months. I was hanging out there like every day. It's right down the street from my studio. So I would go there for coffee, and then Abby is like the best host. Um, so I would just start doing a whole lot of work there, like on my laptop and whatever. And then, uh, it just kind of came up that he was like, yo, like, you know, would you want to partner up type of thing? And I was like, yeah, you know, like, let's, let's see what the business is. And, you know, we talked for a couple months about it. And then, uh, when I got back from tour, I just, I just pulled the trigger on it and just, you know, bought in. So him and I are partners in that. Uh, and it's great, man. It's like. It's like this weird little space, but like it's got such a big energy, and like I feel like <laughs> I feel weird saying it because I'm I was never like this, but like I feel like only the cool people go there. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like it's one of those places where you feel like that. We're not like that. We aren't. We're not bougie. We're not cliquish. Like anybody, everybody, anybody is welcome in that spot, and we're gonna treat everybody the same. It's a business at the end of the day, too. But a lot of cool. But but a lot of interesting. Yeah, people. a lot of interesting like artists. A lot of visual artists go through there. A lot of like artists that I never would have encountered um, come through there with like people that design furniture, people that are doing movies, people that are. Um, you know, like this, the, there's, and we do like these like shows there, and they're like even tonight. There's like this weird electronic noise kind of like music that I would have never, never ever even took taken the time to listen to, but because these people come in and they show you this, now I'm like, all right, now I'm gonna check it out, and it just kind of broadens your horizon, and that's what I love about that place, is that. It's just one of those places that like creativity has like a home and everybody is welcome and all the nobody like it's so crazy because like my people have started coming there now too like my friends and like interacting with like the downtown crowd and it's really crazy to see like some of my homies from the north side. Would you expect? Would you ever expect it? Like nah, you know, but, you know, but we're all old now. Yeah, actually, I would expect it now because we're not young. Like the city's really unified right now. And it's not like it was when I was younger. When I was younger, it was very like clicked up, yeah. little kind of like really it's like, like we're North End, you're yeah, you're downtown, West End, you're downtown, you're Central, yeah. you're East, you're West. Da, 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 da. There's a lot of North gang stuff, and now it's like the art really has like, like it feels like the art is kind of first and foremost, and is you know that's what people that's what I'm looking for. I'm not look. I don't care who you are. I don't care, you know, your color, creed, your religion, who you find attractive. Who I don't care anymore. Like none of that. Like none of that small-minded thinking affects my the way i think and the way i operate now um and that's like just that's what 333 gary is like 333 gary is just like one of those spots where everybody's welcoming and people make like fast friends with like com total opposites and it's wild like it's so like i'll I be like you guys are doing so like they they met and then they're like they came in like my homie and he's like yeah i'm gonna go over here with homie and i'm like really i'm like where are you guys going they're like we're going for tacos and i'm like all right cool like have cool, yeah later it's, it's just super weird you know what i mean and that that 
might not have happened and it wouldn't have happened 10 years ago with yeah. with our mind state yeah. um i think it's just all timing too you know you got to live like you you know everything in my life led me to that spot and it's weird because i thought maybe um becoming a part of the business would have um stifled or taken away from from my creativity or my time and it's taken a little bit of my time you know um but i think i'm writing way more than i was prior to 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 becoming a partner at the coffee shop right and and abby's just like i can't say enough about that dude like if you've ever met him um the best host like my brother you know fast friends i became fast friends with him um and brothers like you know i mean we've we've gone through some things and i've opened up to him about some things and and he's just giving me great advice um so i love 333 gary we don't even have a sign you know what i mean people are like what is it actually no that's the one beside that we do not have a sign we have an address that says 333 but it's so funny people like they walk by they look up they're like what is this place (laughs) and there's always like people outside smoking cigarettes or just like sitting on their bikes and whatever right and they're like this is like a clubhouse. Like somebody said that to the day. Cause well, because our our our, espre- our our espresso machine is like kind of like off to the side. You like when you look in the door, you don't see it. So we were almost thinking like, should we move the espresso machine? And we're like, nah, whatever, right? If you know, you know, type of thing, right? Like shout out to Push. But I also really like that that it's kind of like this hole in the wall that everybody finds. You know what I mean? And it's like really cool because there's art space upstairs. So you have you already have visual artists, musicians. Um, it's clothing designers. There's just endless amounts of talent come in and out of there, right? And like big, like we get, and we got the Garrick across the street. So we get tons of touring acts in there. We get tons of like, you know, um, just every, every major, any person in Winnipeg that's honestly making waves or is really impactful in the culture pretty much comes there. And we're proud of it. And that's, you know, that's not. We don't ever want that to be like a, there's no barrier of entry. Everybody's welcome. It's just one of those places where you're going to meet somebody that's probably going to open your eyes to something that maybe you wouldn't have taken notice to. So come through. Three, 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 three. Come uh, through. One too many threes. It's really good. Really yeah, good. Yeah, we got the best coffee. Good. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm I just think, saying. I mean. And we got every kind of milk, dog. Yeah. <laughs> every kind of milk? Uh, I, I, almond? Dude, we had, all, we, we got almond. Coconut? We got cashew. Cashew? We got, we got, we got, we got coconut. We got coconut milk's not that good for coffee. Yeah, I know. That's yogurt soda? Yeah, we got Chopin yogurt. Can I see this? Soda. Chopin. Is it, is it no. <laughs> no, this looks this is this is see man. Like, Let me tell you something. I'm a bit I'm yo, a little I'm a OB, little this lactose. Is good, right? huh? this, this is good, right? I believe it. I believe that it's th- It's a nice like spritzy fermented milk. Salty too. It's a nice spritzy fermented milk. Those are words that you would <laughs> never expect to go together. I love the label first of all. Like this label got me going. Where is it from? Uh it's Lebanese? Nice. This label is epic. Abby would love this. I got to tell him about this. He he'll, he I'll probably tell him this. He's like, "Dog, you don't know about Chopin?" <laughs> He's like, "I'm going to go get a case tomorrow." To tell you the truth, d- until I started hanging out with 333, I didn't even like coffee that much. Really? <laughs> now I'm out here drinking like four espresso shots a day. <laughs> I don't drink coffee after noon because if I drink one, I don't sleep. Afternoon. Afternoon. But I but we open up at 8, so I'm there at like 7.30. So I'm having my first one at like 7.15. Okay. I'm having another one when the bike messengers come in. I'm having another one when Abby rolls in. And I'm having another one just because I know I'm going to need it. 
then. So it's like a, it's on schedule at some point. But it sounds like you need It's an addiction, it. actually. Now that I just vocalized <laughs> that, it's a serious <laughs> caffeine addiction. <laughs> I have problems. I'm shaking We started talking about coffee. I started sweating. <laughs> Wasn't the bike ride. <laughs> it was the coffee. It was the coffee. Man, okay, so I, I have another question for you then. So, like, out of everything, like, most memorable experience, whether it's, like, from the coffee shop or being on tour or something your son did, like, what's the most memorable experience that you've kind of had and, like, has it had an impact on your writing and, like, uh, wow. Um, most memorable experience that has affected my writing? Or just you. Two. And they're so polar opposites. It's so weird. Um, losing my freedom was a big, big, big motivator for me to use my creativity to find another way to operate. Um, yeah, it was. I was a I was a young, young, not so smart man, uh, and when I found myself without my freedom and behind bars, it. I don't know how to explain it. It's really weird. I knew I wasn't going to be there forever. So that was cool. <laughs> um, but I just realized that, you know, it's like, a, and it's going to su- super cliche again. Um, you know, it's like they can't, they can lock your body, but they can't lock your mind. But but the thing was, is that they couldn't. And, and I went back because I used to read a ton when I was in school. Like, I used to read. I used to, You couldn't. I would devour books. And then I, when I when I got into the what I was doing, I stopped. It just outright. I stopped reading. I stopped feeding my mind. I started feeding the bad seeds. You know, I believe everybody's got seeds in their mind. And, you know, like good and evil. What is one you want to feed? Um so that that was a really, really, really big motivator and a really big life-changing moment because I realized that I didn't want to do that. I didn't want that to be a regular occurrence in my life. The second would be becoming a father. Like, and and that, that's not like saying that losing my freedom was bigger or worse. I'm just saying the two biggest influences for my writing was were those two, becoming a father and, and losing my freedom. Those two things affected me the most. Um, in my life and and then like other things you know like losing my father um but things always happen like it goes back to like how i write it's life you know i mean my my, my best friend was murdered uh in december and uh that was like you know devastating and the first thing that i did to start my healing process was to write and um that yeah it's, it's big just anything big in my life i've always just kind of flipped and tried to make it something that I can use creatively. Um, and, and I don't ever rush it. Like, you know, like when my son was born, like I said, I, I, I took a year and a half off. Uh, when I got, when I lost my freedom, I don't think I started writing for probably three or four months into my incarceration. Um, when my dad died, I didn't write right away. When Ricardo died, I didn't, I didn't start writing right away. I, like, I think, especially with those last two, like my father and, and Ricardo, um, I really used, I really drew from my past experiences of letting it breathe, letting myself heal, letting myself hurt, letting myself experience all of that stuff. And then when I finally picked up 
a pen and I don't even write with a pen anymore. You know, I write on my iPhone, but when I picked up my iPhone and started jotting, it it was very easy and I and I didn't feel frustrated because I've tried to write after experiencing things like that. You try to write, you're like, oh, I'm gonna write about this. I'm gonna and sometimes that works for some people, but for me, I'm just angry and the second it doesn't work, I get frustrated and then and then I lose interest. And um I don't like I think it's important to give things um, the energy that they deserve. Um, and sometimes that means letting your energy chill and making sure that you're coming to the table with not only um, meaningful ideas, but well thought out and well articulated because a lot of people I think are really quick with their words, especially in this day and age. And I'm, I am too. I've said things where I'm like, Ooh, you know, thank God you can delete that Twitter, <laughs> you know, but um, I think it's just like, I like to be, I'm I'm a smart I'm a smart man and I like to be I like to make sure that people know that I am like I like to I like to I like to I don't like I don't like to present myself as a stupid human being because I'm not so you got like an inner TI somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's his word? Expeditiously. <laughs> you need to change that expeditiously. <laughs> I love I love TI. He's 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 one of those hustle rappers that I really came up like uh yeah, he's like the father of trap, right? So they're having a good time over there. They're like a good, good beats and stuff, man. This place got yeah, good vibe here. But yeah, man, it's just like big, big life experiences are always life changers. And I feel like when you change, when something happens like that in your life, you really need to like do it, do yourself the justice of like using that terrible experience. It could be a terrible experience or like the best experience. The best experience of my life was becoming a father. Mm -hmm. And I watched my son come into this world. You know what I mean? And I watched my father leave this world. You know, with my own two eyes. So those two experiences, looking back now, um, those are like very influential, and I've, I think I've used them very well to articulate and work through feelings that I didn't even know were there. No, so like that kind of leads me to my next question. Like first off, my condolences, and then my question for you is just because like it's life, right? And everyone's going through life, mm -hmm. and so. Um, people dealing with like loss or people who, ha who can like relate to your experience of being locked up or just trying to process and get through life successfully like what what are some what, what's some advice that you would give to someone like just to like preserve their mental health when you're going through life make sure make sure that you you take the time to like figure yourself out like don't don't ever try to sell yourself short don't ever sell yourself short. Make sure that you you take that time to like feel it, like like legit. It sounds really weird, and I hate being cliche, but it's like do yourself the service of making sure that you take care of yourself. Like I understand, like I'm a, I'm a dad. I'm always like gotta put my son first, son first, right? But there's times where you have to put yourself first, especially when you're dealing with mental health, because if you don't, there's not gonna be good. There's not gonna be a good outcome. You need to be as strong as you can be to help everybody else around you be as strong as you want them to be. You know what I mean? So if I was going to give anybody any advice, especially creatives, make sure you feel those vibes. Like when you, you know, hashtag when you're in the feels, that's okay. Like feel those things. Make sure you, like when you make a mistake and it's your fault, own that. Make sure that you know that it's your fault. It's not even, I'm not saying beat yourself up over it. But allow yourself to learn from it and don't try to defer 
your responsibilities because your responsibility first and foremost is that your brain is functioning so um man if anybody was listening or is listening and they're going through anything like that first and foremost if you have to reach out I've reached out. I've been blessed that I have people in my life that I could reach out to, and I do. I'm not ashamed to admit that. I've, you know, there's been people that don't know me that have probably seen me in states that I wish they hadn't, but I'm not ashamed of that. You know what I mean? And that was that was another. That's another big thing. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed of like nothing. Like you know, what I mean, life is life. Life happens. You don't get to pick and choose when life's gonna smack you in the face, or you don't get to pick and choose when you're gonna slip, and you're gonna like you know what I mean. But just own it. And reflect on it And when you come back You might mess up again And you might mess up again And you might mess up again You know what I mean It's taken me over 12 years in music To kind of get to the most comfortable place I've ever been And that's because I took the time to reflect And, and, I, and I still I, Man, two weeks ago I was going through some stuff You know what I mean and, and I just Took a day To sit there and not And don't numb it Don't Don't try to like don't try to hide it. Don't try to like go and be like, I'm going to take a personal day and go to the spa. Cool. If that makes you feel good, then do that. But maybe just sit there and read something or stay home and just, you know, take some time and really like sit with yourself and kind of like give yourself that, that, yeah, whatever, you know, sum it up, give you, do yourself the service and make sure you always try to take care of yourself and don't be scared to reach out. That's all the time. Cool. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for coming to Charlie. Yeah. Anytime. Man, just Google me. I can't, you know, I hate when people are like, at this, at that. All my ats are the same. At Charlie Fetter, the way I spell it. C-H-A-R-L-I-E-F-E-T-T-A-H. Or just Google me. You can spell it any way you want to the Googles. They'll find me, so. A lot of fun talking to you guys. I love this place. See you guys later.